You're listening to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms with Lauren Lowry. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Overcome the Overwhelm. So I'm just sitting here at my desk uh, right now, and it is like the first little whisperings of fall here. Um, Before the past couple days, it has been... 95 plus degrees and at night it was it maybe got down to like 80 and we've actually had it drop down into like the high 50s so I feel like I just need to bust out all my sweaters and my fall decor and just you know it's finally fall over here even though it's really not because the high today is still gonna be like 90 something (laughs) but right now it's nice and cool so anyways I hope it is really good weather wherever you guys are listening to this at too. So today I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, Today I want to talk about something that comes up quite a bit in my coaching sessions. Today I want to talk about fear. Fear is a feeling, um, like I said, it comes up in almost every single one of my sessions that I do with my clients. Uh, It's usually fear of the future. It could be fear of the unknown, uh, fear of getting it wrong, or fear of not doing enough or being enough for their child. All of us experience fear in some way or another, um, probably on a daily basis. It's part of the human experience, you know. Uh, but as special needs moms, we tend to experience more than the average amount of fear. Fear is also one of those, it's very taboo. Like, no one wants to discuss um, this topic within our community, you know, it's just something that we don't really talk about. It's a big emotion and it can be incredibly painful. You know, you'll see a lot of times like trigger warnings on posts on social media, things like that, because no one wants to feel that fear. No one wants to think about those really bad, awful situations because it scares them. So what I want to do, um, in today's episode, I want to help. I want to talk about fear in a way that will help you experience it in a way that is useful and not detrimental. I want to talk about fear in a way that helps us open up and allow it rather than letting it just be beneath the surface constantly and just constantly keeping us in, you know, a state of, it honestly keeps us in that state of fight or flight still, you know, kind of in that survival mode. So as I'm coaching moms, a lot of times they will think that they're struggling with overwhelm, guilt, or anger. When uh, we really are getting down to it, it's actually a lot of fear going on. So I'm going to tell you a story about myself. (laughs) This is a very uh, personal story here. So, but I want you guys to see like we all go through this. So shortly after Leo was diagnosed, I started having panic attacks. My chest would feel like it was being squeezed. Um, Like, I literally thought I had a heart issue at first. I was like, yep, I got to see a cardiologist. Something's wrong with me. (laughs) Because, you know, I was like, I don't have panic attacks. I'm very, you know, I don't have panic attacks. That's not me. I don't have anxiety. (laughs) That kind of all changes, right? (laughs) Especially, I mean, just with motherhood in general, everything changes. But uh, so, yeah, I felt like my chest was being squeezed. And my brain, it was just like alarms blaring and like fires going off. And I thought it was all just due to stress, you know. I thought it was because of my schedule. I had a lot going on. I was in a new position at work. Um, I was struggling to find answers for my baby. You know, this is when Leo was just a little thing. Um, He was failure to thrive. He was not hitting a single milestone. I mean, nothing. He wasn't smiling. He wasn't lifting his head up even. He wasn't rolling. 
nothing. He wasn't making eye contact. So I was learning how to tube feed. You know, I was spending all my free time researching disorders and searching for the miracle cure. I was trying to figure out, you know, I was trying to play doctor. I was trying to play God almost. Because I wanted to figure out what was going on and I was going to save him. So I thought that these panic attacks honestly were due to all of that going on. All of those things I was trying to do. I thought it was the doing that was causing my anxiety. So I started taking anxiety meds. I know a lot of you might relate to this um, situation. And they didn't work. (laughs) They didn't do any help. Like, honestly, I... They didn't do anything. Um, I started trying to do all of those traditional self-care things and none of those helped. You know, I was like, why? I've taken two bubble baths this week and it's not helping. I even lit candles and I, you know, (laughs) I did all the self-care things. I thought that that was like pretty much what was going to get rid of my stress um, and my panic attacks. Uh, But I feared that if I didn't do enough uh, for Leo, he wouldn't be okay. And just realizing that was kind of the game changer for me. My anxiety was a reaction not to stress, but it was a reaction to fear. My actions, such as researching for a cure like the like a bad man, uh, it was an action driven by fear. I was trying to control everything and everybody in my life from a place of fear. In my mind, uh, if I controlled all of those circumstances, I would be safe. I would be safe and my family would be safe. We would survive. We all know that this, it it just isn't possible. We can't control our circumstances. We can't control the universe. But I learned that I can control my reaction. I can change my reaction to them. And I can control the thoughts that were creating all of that controlling fear in my life. So uncovering this epiphany for me, it was like a major weight lifted off my shoulder. Just finally being able to address that it wasn't stress, quote unquote, uh, that was causing my panic attacks, my anxiety. It was fear. That, just addressing that and knowing that was half the battle. So another thing about fear is that we try to avoid it at all costs. You know, I mentioned earlier, it's just something that we don't talk about a whole lot in our community um, because it's one of those hard emotions that we try to resist. You know, we want to pretend like it's not there. We hold it in and we act like it's no big deal. Uh, we act strong, like we have everything under control and everything taken care of and like we're just cool as a cucumber. This is probably why special needs moms uh, get told daily how strong we are. You know, I'm sure you've heard it. I'm sure you've heard it. If, you know, it's one of those things like if I had a penny for every time, that is one of them. You're so strong. Yeah, it's because I'm holding all my crap in. That's why you think I'm strong. You know, I'd always have that thought. It's like if they only knew what I was really going through in my brain, they would not think I was strong. Yeah, and that's really a powerful thing to think about there, you know? We almost feel like we have to keep up that persona of the strong woman or they'll think that we're a fraud. But when we resist emotions like fear, when we try to hold them in and act strong, we're only giving that much more intensity to them once they do slip to the surface. So think of I want you to think of holding emotions in and resisting them, like holding a big inflated beach ball you've got it you know you're in the water you're trying to hold that beach ball underneath the surface of the water you're trying to hold it down under the water the longer you hold that ball down the more forceful 
Whenever you finally let go, the more forceful it's going to shoot up in the air. Allowing emotions is like a beach ball just floating on the surface. It's there. You're not trying to hold it down underneath the water. But it's calm and it's just floating. It doesn't take any energy for us to allow it. Like it does whenever we try to hold it beneath the surface. So fear, when we've been holding it in, is like the beach ball that we're trying to hold underneath the water. You're going to get tired. Your arms are going to get weak. And the ball is eventually going to slip. And it's going to go flying up in the air. When we finally let fear slip out, it's usually over something very insignificant. You know, it's something that you wouldn't necessarily think would cause such a great reaction, such a big reaction from somebody. Maybe your husband, like, said he was going to do the dishes and he didn't. So you find yourself just yelling at your spouse over something. Um, Or maybe, like, they didn't rinse out the syringes the night before, you know. If you're having those big responses over little things, it's usually a good sign that you need to check in with yourself and see if that anger is actually suppressed fear coming out to the surface. You know, think about whenever you have those big emotions, it's like, oh, I was trying to hold that beach ball under the surface again, wasn't I? Yep. And it finally slipped. It happens. But that is a good sign that you are resisting your emotions. So whenever we allow emotions, it's like the beach ball that's just floating on the surface of the water. It's just there. It doesn't take any energy from us to just allow it. It's just there, you know. And eventually, those Emotions in the moment, like the beach wall, will kind of just drift and float away. So rather than always be there, maybe underneath the surface, you can't see it. But it's always in the back of our minds. So another way uh, that fear manifests itself that I see so often with my clients is that it immobilizes them and they obsess over it. So this is what is happening for for me when I was spending every waking moment researching and trying to find some sort of answer to a question I didn't even know. You know, I didn't even know what I was looking for. It's almost like you keep reading the same articles over and over again. You keep reading the same information over and over again. Uh, You know, you read the same statistics. You just Google search the exact same things over and over. When we do this from an obsessive place of fear, we are proving to our brains that, yes, we do need to be afraid. You know, we're constantly reading those scary statistics. We're constantly reminding our brains that we are in danger. This is a really, really awful uh, to go through and everything is not going to be okay. That's what we're telling our brains. We are reinforcing the idea to ourselves that our children and ourselves that we are not safe. Now, this doesn't mean you should, you know, you shouldn't do your research for ways to help your child. But just notice if it is coming from a place of obsessive fear or is it coming from a place of love? You know, some ways to tell or like, are you looking up that same statistic? You know what it's going to say. Are you looking that up from like almost like keep reminding yourself that it's not okay? Are you looking it up because you truly are trying to help your child? We always want to do things out of love, not fear. And the results of your researching um, will be a lot more helpful if you're coming from a place of love rather than that fearful place. You won't continue to read the same life expectancy statistics over and over again. Even, uh, you know, they're already burned into our brain. 
This doesn't serve any purpose other than fueling that fire of fear. So if you feel like you're probably experiencing fear in these ways that I've mentioned, I really want to help you understand how to process your own fear. How to, first of all, you know, you need to find it, acknowledge it, see the symptoms of it, and then we are going to process it. The first step of processing any emotion um, is always awareness. So you want to start just noticing where fear might be coming up for you. You know, like I said earlier in my story about having those panic attacks, whenever I finally kind of started to see that it was from fear, I, I swear, like, it reduced everything by a good, like, half. It, like, took it down. At least 50% reduced my anxiety and my panic attacks just from awareness. Like, oh, that's what's going on here. So, you know, you want to start noticing where that fear might be coming up for you in your life. It is so, so important to process your fear compassionately. Don't beat yourself up for feeling a certain way. Don't tell yourself to get over it, even if it's totally irrational. You know, if you have something that you are scared about that is just seems so silly, don't be like, oh, that's just, that's just silly. You know, we don't need to be scared about that. No, no, we don't, we don't talk to ourselves that way. And it's not going to help. That's honestly, that's holding that beach ball down underneath the surface. You know, intense fear doesn't always mean we are in intense danger. It just means that we're having intense thoughts about something. You want to be really clear that the mind is what creates fear, not the circumstances. It's not your child's diagnosis. It's not their disabilities. You know, it's not their life expectancy. It's not any of those things that are creating these feelings for you. It's the meaning we assign to them. It's the story that we associate with those circumstances that creates the fear. So, you know, I can use the example of like, maybe you're scared that your child will never be able to, you know, you say, oh no, I have a lot of fear around my child being nonverbal. You know, is it really, you don't really have fear around your child being nonverbal. You have fear around what that means for them. They might end up hurt. They might end up having, you know, something happen to them and they can't tell you. It's that story that's creating fear. And I'm not saying it's wrong to have that story in the back of your mind. But just notice if how often that is happening. And how often that is just keeping you in a place of fight or flight. You know? And are you processing those fears? Are you processing those emotions? So once we are aware of all this fear that we are experiencing, we can truly start to allow it rather than avoid it. One of the ways to do this is to sit down and sink into it. You know, you can say to yourself, I'm, I'm scared for the future and that's okay. Be there for yourself like you would be there for your child going through something really scary, like a really scary experience. You know, hold space for yourself. Talk kindly and compassionately to yourself and breathe through it. For some, this will look like crying uh, for me, it looks like sobbing, <laughs> and that's okay. Some, it will look like shaking. Uh, some, it will look like screaming into a pillow, or, you know, you get in your car if it's parked and you're alone. Please don't do this driving. And you just scream in your car until it's all out. Once you start to notice your fear and start allowing it and getting it out there and just releasing it, I want you to ask yourself, 
these, what are the three main things scaring you? And you're going to let your brain go there. It can be really painful, but those thoughts are always there, whether you bring them to the light or not. So, you know, you have an option here. You can keep them in the dark, scary corners of your brain, constantly there, or you can bring them to the light and see them and address them. And it's almost like they're released in a little bit. Does that mean you're not going to have those fears still? No. You know, that's, we're always going to fear certain things, especially when it comes to our children's lives. But allowing them and getting them out into the light of day is going to reduce how much it's impacting you. When we are processing fear, remind yourself that not in that very moment, you are safe. You know, so when you're writing out these three things, I want you to just keep reminding yourself that in that moment, you are safe. Your child is safe. Your family is safe. Remind yourself that fear is just an emotion. It's just a feeling in your, vo- in your body. It is just a vibration, just almost like a cascade of, you know, I don't know if it's hormones or what that goes through your body. Just tell yourself, I can feel fear right now and I will be okay. Or something like, I'm afraid of these things and that's okay. Those are the kind of things that I want you to remind yourself of as you're processing and allowing these emotions. Then, this part is very important, I want you to separate fact from thought. So, those three things that you're most afraid of, I want you to write them down on a piece of paper or notes on your phone or something. And I want you to look at them. And I want you to decipher between fact and thought. A fact is a neutral circumstance. Everyone would agree upon. You know, it could could hold up in a court of law. Uh, An alien that landed on our planet would agree on it. Uh, Where a thought is the meaning or the sentence that we think about that circumstance. For example, uh, if your fear is, I fear my child will get COVID if I send them to school. This is one of my recent ones I call it to go through. <laughs> a lot of people think that we fear COVID, but really what we fear is what COVID could mean for us. We fear the brain, our story, or the story our brain tells us. And I'm not saying that's not a valid fear to have, because this is one of my current ones. Um, you know, I've, like I said, I've had to do a lot of work around this. You know, I don't fear COVID. I fear my child having to be hospitalized. I fear what that could mean for him. I fear that he could have a regression. I fear that he could die. But just separating the fact from the thought is immediately relieving. I don't fear COVID. I fear what that means for me. When I recognize that there's COVID and then there's thoughts about COVID, and those are two separate things, I have an immediate sense of relief. You know, we can't control COVID or things like hurricanes or, you know, seizures or whatever else is going on in the world. Um, But we can control what's going on in our minds about it. This doesn't mean uh, that we don't keep our children safe and protected. But when we do it, again, from a place of love rather than fear, our brains are going to remain a lot calmer and be able to think clearer and more logically about the situation. You know, when we are in fight or flight mode, in our downstairs brain, our primitive brain, constantly living in fear, our brains can't think logically. They cannot think clearly. You know, and this is why whenever you're in that state of overwhelm, 
that you just feel like you're almost like struggling to just get through the day and like things are not clear and your mind almost feels muddled. It's because you're not using your logical part of your brain. Your mind is stuck downstairs brain. So, but when you get really good at processing fear and allowing it, we don't let it run our lives. We don't let it control our actions and reactions to situations. When we stop being afraid of being afraid, we've automatically relieved some of that fear. We've never, we'll never eliminate fear in our lives, guys. And that's not, that's not the goal. We will never want to get rid of fear. The goal is to not get rid of it, but to just add a level of peace to it. The goal is to process it and to see where it's affecting you and to make sure that we're not getting stuck in fear, to make sure that we can make very logical, concise decisions for our children from, you know, that upstairs logical part of our brain and from a place of love. So, okay, guys, I hope that you have a wonderful week and I hope that you, you know, go out there and just notice where that fear is showing up for you in your life and notice how it's affecting you and start to process some of those painful things. So I promise it it will make you feel so much better. It's like a weight lifted off your shoulder. And if you are struggling with panic attacks or anxiety, um, take a look at this and see if this is, you know, a tool that could help you. So, okay, guys, I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. If you have questions or like more information, head on over to LowryLifeCoaching.com and I'll see you next week.